Harden. Blair. Buddy, you're here in person. In person. For episode 29. 29. This is the only, the third time that we've actually done that in yeah, person. It so is. if you think about it, we'll do 30 remote because we already have that one yep. um, kind of planned. That'll be the um, Storm Chaser, which yep. we're really excited about. Yeah. So we've only done, what does that make it? Three. Three in yeah. person. Out of 27. Well, it'd be 26 now, but yeah. yeah. So welcome back, bud. Welcome it's, to the old Ranchero. So nice to be here. Yeah. yeah. So nice to be here. Uh, and and we had a we had a little pregame warm up. Uh, Carden got here, and I uh, yeah. I had to show him my new little toy tool. Um, my tool. That's right. Tool. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I I fly drones, and I've actually flown them for years. And I have found that you know we we ranch here in Montana, mm-hmm. um, and I found that they are actually very very helpful on the ranch, and I use it a ton. Um, and I've actually gotten to where I can herd cattle with that drone. See, I think that's unbelievable. Yeah. I really do. That's incredible. So, so did my neighbor. She, yeah, I, I don't think I she bet. believed. I, I literally bet. don't think she believed me. <laughs> she called me and she's like, "Hey, you got about uh, ten pair in our in our hay field." And I said, "Okay." So I literally sat down, got you know outside of my shop, and mm-hmm. and I was about almost a mile away from the cattle. I launched that drone, flew it down there, herded them back in. I saw where they went back in. They exposed the hole in the fence. Mm-hmm. Got them back in, harassed them a little, you know, get them away. Yeah, you know, of course. Teach them a lesson. Yeah, of right? course you got to. And then got the fencing stuff, got the side-by-side, drove down there, fixed the fence, done. That's incredible. And she says, well, I didn't even see you come out. And I said, I didn't. I, I used the drone. She's like, what? She goes, I, I got to see that. So <clears throat> the fact that cattle are afraid of it is, it's kind of interesting because sometimes like the horses and stuff don't really care. But um, I, I actually, I kind of, taught the cows to be afraid of. I kind of harassed them with them. I did. I actually wanted them to be kind of afraid of it for that very reason. So that if I need to move yeah. them, I can't. So well, you practice harassing them. <laughs> I'm just imagining you out there, you're holding the drone. Hey, you, did you hear what this drone said about you guys? Oh, man. No, not that kind of harassment. <laughs> oh, okay. Not verbal harassment. <laughs> right, right, of course. No. Um, well, you know, here, here's the thing. Now think about this, just from a simple efficiency. Um, if you're a guy, like a lot of ranchers use horses, mm-hmm. um, we use a lot of side-by-side, things like that. Um, but if, if you need to go do what I had to do, right, move cows, yeah. typically you'd either saddle up a horse mm-hmm. and, and ride down there and, and have to go, you know, go through multiple gates and go through and round them up and get them back. I had that whole thing done from launch to landing in maybe 10 to 15 minutes. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I think you're missing the coolest part about it, which is the alien goggles oh, yeah, the that goggles. you put on. So they're 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 almost like uh, virtual reality goggles, really. Yeah. You put them on and they've got, you know, two little four actually antennas yep. to pick up everything that's going on. Yep. And it it is literally like you are sitting down front row in the middle of an IMAX. Yep. That's what it's like. The, 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 resolution, the resolution is four K. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And Isn't it's that crazy? enough. Yeah, it's enough to to knock you told me to sit down, which I was kind of like <laughs> Okay, you didn't I'll believe try. me, did you? No, I really didn't until you started going. And then when you start flying around, there was a few times that I almost fell, I mean, well, right off. You get off vertigo. Like, yeah. You, yeah, you do. You do. You get Especially vertigo. if your head's going one way and you decide to take the drone mm-hmm. the other, it throws you for a loop. So so that particular drone is is a, it's called, a, it's made by a company called DJI and it's called the FPV, which stands for first person view. Mm. And Cardin, there's actually an option with that, with the software that you can do a head tilt steering. 
So if you tilt your head to the right, no, it turns to the right. You no can actually way. swivel your head. Yes. <laughs> no way. With yes. the camera? So yes. is that independent then from the actual no, movement the of the drone? No, the whole drone. The whole drone. I if can't you even look imagine to the what left, that would be It like. turns to the left and you can look down with the camera. Dude, no, it, the, trust me. If you look at how far it's come in the last, say, two or three years, yeah. and then think, where's it going to be in the next year yeah, or two I can't or three? Imagine. Yeah, it's cool. But I, you know what? I've actually shown we had a we had a, our, a get together, a branding, and a bunch of people come over. You know, a bunch of neighbors and stuff come to help. And you know, typically cowboys, this isn't you know this isn't something you you know you you're not going to find it in their arsenal, right? right? Yeah, you got ropes and spurs yeah, and yeah. boots and stuff. So I was telling some of them about it. And afterwards, uh, we usually have a big dinner and everybody kind of sits around and visits and stuff. Yeah. And so I got that out and I showed a few of them how it worked and it blew them away. Yeah, I can only imagine. Matter of fact, I, I know um, two of them are getting drones. It, it's just, they're, they're so much more efficient and easy and effective. I mean, I yeah. use them for when we're calving. You can fly it in the winter. I'll check on calves. And the, like you said, with those goggles, the visibility is so good. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's the part really that is. really blows my mind is how crystal clear the picture is. We, we had a, a calf. Um, I found a, a yearling calf um, a few days ago that had died um, in this, this brushy part on the creek. And I just happened to be driving. You know, you're checking your cows, and I, I found the, 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 the cow was dead. Um, don't know what happened. It was sick. Um, it wasn't, you know, a bear or something didn't kill yeah, it. Yeah. So anyway, um, the next day I went to fly back and check on it. And it was completely gone. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so obviously a bear did there find it eventually. There was a bear down yeah, there. there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good, uh, I mean, honestly, practicality of that thing too, checking everything. Absolutely. Doing a quick five minute fly around. Okay. Yep. Am I seeing any bunch of movement before I go do any of this work here or anything like well, that? Well, yeah. Think about that. Do you want to, do you want to walk on foot in a bunch of brush with no. a dead carcass Absolutely in there, not. you know, checking on things, no. you know, especially in grizzly country? No, no. I don't. Yeah, so the drone flew over there. The, there was a lot of footprints and yeah. no calf. And I'm like, okay, okay. That's all I need to say. Definitely. Uh, the drone can take care of that. <laughs> I'm not walking anywhere near that. Moving on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, well, hey, man, welcome back. Um, episode 29. Yep. And so uh, we, we had a little change in our schedule. Yep. Uh, we were originally, we had uh, slated, we had um, our storm chaser yep. from Texas. From Texas. Had to make a change in scheduling. Yep. So, so we will have her on still. It'll be next week is when we'll have her on. So yep. we're, we're not losing her by any means. We right. just have to shift her to left. And so I'm, now, I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm really excited about that too. I, you know what? I almost want to watch Twister. You know, the Helen Hunt. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> I almost want to watch what that as mean? a preamble. Is, do you think that that... And this Have you be a not question seen for Twister? Oh, dude, yeah, I've seen okay. it. Oh, yes, okay, Yes, for sure, I've seen okay. it. Cla- I love that movie. It's so good. But I want almost to get me ready for that. <laughs> Have you been on the Twister ride at in Orlando? No, I didn't even know there oh, yeah, was such it, a thing. It was, it was pretty cool. And... They they take you in this big like a Quonset type thing, right? So you're yeah. indoors, so they can black it out, and it, it it's this night, and it's a town scene like this old town, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the wind starts coming up, oh, and the signs no start clanking, and the lights start blinking, and the sound and the thunder, and then it yeah. starts raining, dude. It was really cool. That and sounds awesome. It, you can yeah. hear the storm coming in the, the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a time it was like that same time period where those movies were really popular, oh, yeah. and I think that exploded the storm chasing world too. Oh, that movie had it done yeah. so much. Well, that. I'm excited to talk to her because yeah, I have so a lot I. of I have a lot of questions, and you know my. Uh, 
my lineage is from Kansas. My family. Oh, really? Generationally, yeah, they're they're Kansas people. So, Tornado and my mom and stepdad live in Kansas, and so every year they they yep. have to go through the the tornado warnings and this kind of stuff. So. Yep. Um, okay, well, so so tonight we decided we had a couple of topics, and we decided if if you and I are going to get together again, yeah. um, this is something we talked about a while ago, and we decided to go into more detail about it. Um, you you had read an article um, that was talking about all the the new businesses and people yeah, are starting, mm-hmm. we, and we yep. so we, we've kind of talked about entrepreneurship before. Um, and we thought, you know what, um, that's something that I've done a lot of. I, I guess um, I've started. I don't know. We, we've talked about it a little bit, but so tonight's subject is really about starting, kind of starting your own business. Yeah, exactly, starting your own business. And yeah. I think the the interesting context of that was talking about, you know, driving even through Helena, Montana, not necessarily a huge town, right. but every oh, I, I would bet seventy five percent of the jobs or, or the the businesses that are out there are looking for people to work. Yes, there was just yeah. the, that's just I think the pandemic with the economy and everything that's happening right now. That's all happening. Combine that with like you were saying, the truck driver thing, which I think is yeah. is fascinating, which is just a you know a micro of the whole thing. So the, the so the truck driving thing that Cardin's referring to is there was an ad that came out. It was a it was an oil company in Texas that was offering drivers that owner operator, which means you have your own truck and trailer, fourteen thousand dollars a week. A week. And that's how desperate they were for qualified drivers. And, and there's been a, I guess in that particular, and I, I don't know much about truck driving, but in that particular job market, um, a lot of people are starting their own, you know, they're buying their own trucks and they're right. starting their own subcontracting business. Right. And instead of working for a bigger trucking company, yep. they're just getting their own stuff and doing it themselves. Because the, and, and, and my thought is they're starting to realize, okay, why am I working for a wage from this person right. when I can invest the money, yep. start my own business, and then basically determine my wages or go out and be able to bid on these contracts? Yes. That they're well, making 14000 <laughs> Well, and I, I that ha, I, that has to be an atypical. I mean, right, obviously right. not every trucking company, but in that particular business, the oil company, obviously, imagine how much they lose if stuff isn't moved. Oh, oh of course, yeah. They, they're, well, they're dead in the water. Yeah. I mean, they literally, if they're not moving anything, they're not making any sales or anything. So they have to be willing to to pay those people well, drastically. And more. and think about it, Cardin. You know, when the when the pandemic started, there was the shortages. You know, the toilet mm-hmm. paper and all this yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. imagine. Every product, virtually every product on on every shelf mm-hmm. is truck there. Yeah, right. Everything. Right, right. So you pull that essential worker out of the equation, mm-hmm. and we're all you know we, we all pay the price. Yeah, for so, sure. And literally, we will be. I yeah. mean, the, that's exactly what will happen. Is the prices will skyrocket yep. and things. But anyways, back to the the small business thing that got us talking about yes. starting your own business. And so I think that the perfect question is, Blair, how how many businesses <laughs> have you? Started now, well, have, or it started, or I guess procured and then turned yeah. into something else, and maybe changed hands or something like that. Well, a lot. Um, and you know, originally when I started doing things on the side, um, you know, they were by definition a business, but I didn't really approach it that way. Like I was a, a you know always kind of an artist, mm-hmm. and I, I did graphics and stuff. So. Um, I used to do like T-shirt logos on the side for for businesses and stuff, okay. and I don't even know how that really started. I think I just did a few for somebody, and they said, you know, who did that? And you know, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. And so the first things I was doing, 
um, in, in college, I guess, was just doing graphics for people doing t-shirt designs and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I got my degree. So I actually had my daytime job, which was I worked in uh, sports medicine and strength conditioning. But I also, also always had kind of a moonlight job. Yeah. And I, I did cartooning. I did graphics. Uh, I did T-shirts themselves. I actually started, uh, bought the equipment to do T-shirt presses and printing and all that okay, stuff. Okay, so what were some of these T-shirts? Okay. Do you remember any of them? What were some <laughs> yeah. of them? Yeah, I do remember some of them. They, they, were, they were kind of um, tasteless. Well, not all of them. <laughs> some of them were pretty funny, but okay. some of them were kind of tasteless. Like one of my best sellers in this, you know, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to come across, you know. <laughs> Without seeing the shirt, but there was a guy standing over this dog, and he had a shotgun, and he had just killed. <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible. Okay, yeah. He just shot the dog. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and there was a little boy standing next to the dog with a sad <laughs> look Wait, on his this face. This is a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you asked. I'm just being okay, honest. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so you got this guy with the shotgun standing <laughs> over this dog, uh, yeah. and there's a little there's the little boy standing there with tears in his eyes. And the guy says, I'm sorry, Billy, but the only good ball sniffer is a dead ball sniffer. <laughs> that was a shirt that you created. And this was your bestseller? Well, early on, Carden, I was, you know, hey, I was a college kid. Things like that were funny at the time. And yeah, it was, it was okay. tasteless and horrible, but, yes. but people loved that shirt. <laughs> I mean, every time, you know, I, and you know, here's the funny thing. Yeah. I don't know if I ever wore that shirt. Yeah, I can imagine. I did a whole bunch of <laughs> I did a whole bunch of like outdoor cartoons, and I threw that one in there, and people just it because it was kind of tasteless and tacky. Yes, and they go, oh, yeah. I you know I know the perfect. I don't think I ever wore that shirt. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yes, okay, yeah, That's I know, fair. you know. So your other ones were outdoor ones, though. Yeah, but always cartoons, you know, okay, okay, like. Okay. Um, there were some hunting and fishing cartoons, and it was usually people on people, you know. And uh, like, uh, there was an example of this guy um, was going to torpedo this other guy that was fishing in a secret spot. I mean, just you know, humorous, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, outdoor okay, okay. humor. Gotcha, nothing, gotcha. nothing quite as dramatic. So, as how the are you even? Sniffer. How are you even getting that out? Because this was well, a, a they'd pre, have out, like, they'd have outdoor shows, and you would take a bunch yep. of inventory to outdoor shows. Yeah, so awesome. this is all pre-internet, you yeah, know, right, and right. so you had to literally pre-print them, yeah, and pick out your sizes, and and load them up and haul them to the show and just and sell them, and they actually did well. Um, to the point where, you know, for a while I was actually thinking, man, I'm, you know, I, I, at the time I was trying to get into med school and I thought maybe I just, just do t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, just do t-shirts. Yeah, because it, it surprised me the, the money and the interest. Yeah. You know? yeah, and, yeah. and it was fun. Yeah, and it was, so. it was fun. Well, you're a people person anyways. So, yeah. right. Everybody yeah. that comes to the table, you're oh, talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine what that's like. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that was kind of my, the, the gist of my first businesses. Um, and then I got into more, um, actually organized graphics, um, where I would not only do the designs, I did illustrations for people and I did, um, editorial cartoons for oh, newspapers okay. and okay. stuff. Okay. Um, and I built that and then we would do like baseball tournaments. We'd mm. actually sell shirts at tournaments and stuff. And that was, again, that was always on the side. Um, and it, it actually built into a, a nice business. Then, then probably the next thing I did is I, uh, because of my, my day job in sports medicine, I, I started inventing uh, rehab equipment. Mm. And, and that kind of happened by accident. It, it started with an ankle rehab device. Um, and it, it went well. We, I took it again. Back then, you, you loaded up and you took you your, on the your road. goods. Yeah. Well, wait, wait you got to back up. So this happened by accident. So you were, you were faced with a problem in your 
sports medicine, mm-hmm. basically, where you said we should have a way to be able to rehab this ankle differently. Right. Yep. And then based upon that, you were in the science lab at night. <laughs> I was in my up. I was in my garage in the garage. Okay. I was in my garage. Yeah. So and and I have to say I was always kind of an inventor even as a kid. Okay. Um. I I I actually um invented stuff, but it wasn't really inventing because I would just use it for myself or I would make it for somebody else. Yeah. And inventing is just a another word for problem solving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I had done it even when I was in high school. So I mean, so that what, was always kind of my nature. Do you remember some of the ones that you did? I do actually. And this uh, people don't believe this story, but um, the zipper. No, the, <laughs> the internet actually. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So I had to. Yeah. Okay. No. Do you right. remember a product called the Snake Light? Uh, it's a flexible yes, light. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So before the Snake Light was ever a product you could buy, yeah. I invented one out of a pen light and a flex hose off an oil can. Okay. So a mechanic that I knew was complaining that the trouble lights you hang, yeah. that he couldn't get it to where he wanted. Yeah. And I was in there and I happened to be in a shop and, yeah. and I was just talking to him. And so he he described his problem. And so he had an old oil can. Yeah. I took the, the, the flexible tube off. Yeah. We taped a pen light into it. And then we... Um, fastened, and I think it was tape also, um, the, the clipper from a clipboard, the, okay. the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the pinch, whatever you call yeah, it, yeah, the yeah. clamp, yeah, the sure. clamp. clamp okay. And so he could then clamp it under the car and point it. And he freaked out. He's like, this is the coolest thing. And it was literally, it was an impromptu thing. Yeah. And it took about 10 minutes to make. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was years later, a year or the two, or whatever, the, the snake light snake came light. out. And it was and that he mechanic. Yes, he remembered <laughs> that I did that. And it was yeah. because when people say, oh, you didn't think of that, he always supported that. He says, hey, you, you know. And there was another one. Um, actually, I have a couple that I didn't patent because um, eventually I got into patenting my products. I actually, I've written two and a half patents. The half patent was when I was, I was in the middle of, of writing and the product was bought. And oh, then they okay. took over gotcha. the, the patenting process. So you wrote two and a half patents and created three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, I created a lot more products that didn't get patented because the the one thing I learned, and, and I guess we can talk about this with the business part, but that patenting a product is not always the right thing to do. It really depends on the product. But um, but anyway, to kind of tie everything together yeah, yeah, with yeah, my, yeah. my background. So the inventing part um, was always kind of part of my nature. With the sports medicine thing, it it happened. Um, it was an ankle rehab device, and um, I just felt like it was a you know it was a better mousetrap type thing. Yeah. And I ended up getting kind of lucky because I went to a big um, national athletic trainers association show, and I made contact with um, a, well lots of people, high schools, colleges, and also professional teams. Yeah. And I ended up um, establishing a relationship with some NFL teams, and from that. Because ankles are a huge deal in, in football, it, yeah. really in all pro, pro sports, but yeah. the football in particular. Um, and they really, really liked the the product. It was new and it was different and they felt it was very effective. So that kind of launched a multi-year thing that I started um, you know, doing that on the side and I was traveling all over. Um, we were going to multiple shows. I was invited to the NFL Combine uh, two years. What they do is they have a, they have a, um, an invite-only presentation part of the NFL combine mm-hmm. for the doctors and trainers. Yeah. And you get invited and then you come and bring a product or whatever you want to and show them. Yeah. And, and then you get this, it's more of an intimate, you know, talk about yeah, it, yeah, okay. present. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was invited, did that two years, um, which was awesome. What was the product? 
Um, the first year it was the it was the uh, ankle. Yeah, the well, ankle what, what does it do? The oh. ankle board. Well, it 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 strengthens. It uses um, different resistance points to strengthen the ankle and and the ankle structure. Right, not just the ankle. There's other muscles that yeah. you know that. Um, are involved with it that that you you strengthen and, and increase range of motion. And okay, stuff. so it's like a stability tool then. Well, kind of, it's you'd you'd have to see it. It's it's tough to describe because it it was very different. It's not a balance board or anything like that. It was a it was a product that would allow you to dissect the range of motion of the ankle and add resistance from multiple angles at the same. It, yeah, it was really cool. And uh, the second time I went, it was the a product called the Core Stretch, which is still out there. You can even get it on Amazon. I sold it to a company years ago, but um, it's still out there. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and so I worked with uh, uh, professional football, professional basketball, professional uh, hockey, professional baseball. I went up to Toronto um, a couple times. I, I met with uh, the, the head trainer for the Toronto Maple Leafs because he was a big fan. Again, ankle injuries oh, were yeah, okay. a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, and then that was all going along really well. And we had some, some personal things happen. My wife was diagnosed with uh, stage three breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I, like I was telling you, I was traveling all the time. So I decided that, you know, obviously I can't be on the road. We had three little kids. And so that, that was a kind of an, an abrupt halt. Now, when it comes to the the business end of it then, so at this point when you are you established as a business no I, I was getting established right okay, because okay. because back then again the internet wasn't king it was you you got your products and catalogs and other people were selling it for you yeah but you still had to get out there and educate people and oh, get exposure yep yeah okay and so when that happened um you know in retrospect it, it was absolutely the the right thing to do but the the sad thing is because of the nature of you had to be out in person, there mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, the internet was in its infancy. Um, the business kind of died on the vine, yeah. so to speak. Now, the products were sold for a while, but being that they were still new, they needed somebody out there to educate, you know, and, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, the, the salespeople just weren't educators, you know, and, and that really wasn't their thing. Well, the salespeople were salespeople. They weren't right. the, the sports medicine people that were showing you, right. this is how this works. Yes. Okay. And, and, and so it, it was no surprise and we knew it was going to happen. Um, and, but, but we made some, some serious, um, life changes, uh, because, you know, obviously at that point we didn't know, uh, my wife has been um, in, re- she's been remission for what, 21 years now? Incredible. 21 years. Yeah, and at the time, um, well, the, the official st- statistics that they gave us said that she had less than a 20% chance of making it five years. Jeez. So we're going, okay, you know, what else matters? You know, oh, family. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and that's actually when we moved back to our hometown and, and we, we made some serious life changes. Well, one of the things that, like I said, that really suffered was that particular business. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, so that was the sports medicine business. When I got here, I started another business. And it was a construction business because I, I had done construction on the side. Um, so I started kind of this niche uh, construction business where we installed egress windows. And those are the fire escape windows. From right? the basement, right? Yeah. Basement level. Okay. Gotcha. Long story. I, I bought a house, a foreclosure. It didn't have egress windows. Nobody knew how to do them. So I bought the equipment to do them. And so many people said, hey, would you do it for me? And it was a lucrative, needed thing. 
Um, okay. So I did it. So, so you were I, you were digging down, drilling into concrete, yep. making windows bigger, and then making yep. making it so that people could officially market these as bedrooms. Yes, and that's yeah. In in the sad thing is, people were more interested in making money than being safe with their kids because <laughs> how how many kids grew up in basements with little tiny yeah, windows mine. that were yeah. There's no way I was the, the window that I had uh, that was up there. I literally had it stuffed with blankets because it would it would uh, have it would have a draft that came into the winter. They're eight feet off the if ground. There is a no fire. <laughs> on the top floor no way i'm making it no way <laughs> no way well, yeah and you know that was the funny thing because people would raise their kids in those basements and when it was time to sell, sell going, well it's it. time to put oh. the egress window so yeah. so i yeah, did egress exactly windows right. yeah. i built that business up sold it um i started a i bought a, a building that was pretty dilapidated we completely completely gutted it and redid it and i started a sporting goods business okay um, and that was kind of an extension of the the shirts and stuff, but we added yep. embroidery, and then we we sold sporting goods and stuff. You know, and that was called uh, Black Sheep Sports. And what was the egress window called? Uh, patent egress windows. Oh wow! Okay. And when I, I thought it was going to be something cool like Escape or something. No, or, or <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no I the was, fire plan. No, or something. and the funny thing is, my last name is Patton, of course. And when I sold the business, I thought, well, they'll change it. And they yeah. didn't. Oh, you know, it's still yeah. Two two owners later, it was Patent Egress Windows. So I'm like, okay, okay I guess it well, works. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So so then I I did the uh, the the uh, sporting goods yeah. business, and then kind of simultaneous with that, um, I was still doing some R and D. So with going back to the sports medicine, I, I decided I couldn't travel anymore, and I really kind of hung it up for years. I sold off a couple of the patents that I'd worked on that mm-hmm. I'd completed. Um. And I, I got some royalties from that. Yeah. So I had some income coming in from that. And then the company got a hold of me. Um, oh, I don't know. We, we always kind of kept in touch, but they would, they would say, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're looking for a product for, say, the shoulder. And yeah. that's a product I've been working on lately. And they would just kind of say, hey, you, you got anything for the rotator cuff? You know, mm-hmm. what, what can you do? And they'd give me some parameters. And that was the, I showed you a prototype that yeah, I've been working yeah. on. Um, and that, that is perfect for me because it allows me to stay in Montana. I can work on it when I have time. Um, I'll be going down to Dallas this fall um, to meet with them uh, and just kind of formalize some stuff. But it, it, it's just a, it's a good fit, yeah. you know. And the, the cool thing is, Cardin, and, this, and we, will, we will eventually segue into the, the business development for other people, but yeah. this is such an awesome time for people to, to do this kind of thing. And yeah. I'm not talking about being an inventor, although it's a great time to be an inventor, but for people to start a business, there's just never been a better time. Mm. You know, if you think about how I used to have to go and market and oh, yeah. literally yeah. load up your little dog and pony show and yep. go to these expensive medical shows and stuff. And, you know, we, we literally, a, a friend of mine who was, a, who was another inventor himself and he had his own products and we would, we would just kind of co-op and, and carpool to save costs, you know, and yeah. we drove all over the nation. Yeah. Um, and, and you had to personally show up and represent your product and right. educate people. And everything's changed so much now mm-hmm. with social media and YouTube and it's just, it's gotten to be so much easier, yeah. you know? And Amazon, you know, you can set up your own little shop on yep. Amazon. So I've always been a big supporter of entrepreneurship um, and I, I've, I've always, you know, I've coached for, for a long time. And when I worked with young people, I always encouraged them to, you know, to explore that as an option if they, if they had even an inkling to yeah. it. Um, 
one of the things you and I have talked about is is you know people always say, well, you need to follow your passion. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Right. And I, I don't agree with that. I've always been a follow your skill set person. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the problem for me is when you follow your passion, you know, um, you, you tend, you know, it kind of burns out your passion when you have to right. do it as your job. Right. And then there's right. pressure. Yes. Yep. And but what I've found is that when you do when you do things that come naturally, and it, it it's it's kind of like a square peg in a square hole mm. kind of a thing. You know, yeah. it just it fits what right. you do. Right. Um, cause I know you, you know, you had a business on the side, you taught guitar lessons, right? Yeah, I did that for a little bit. Yeah. And that, that was fun. And I right. think that if I would have stayed in the situation that I was in just based upon, I, you know, I didn't have very many at all, but I could see it right. already starting. Oh, I didn't realize that you were doing this. You know, I had, was turning people away and I wasn't even doing it much. Right. You know, I pretty much started as a favor, but I could easily have seen it snowballed into to way more to what yeah. <laughs> I never felt adequate enough to be doing it you know i'm just like you know oh uh, yeah so basically this is what you do take this thing and then go in your basement for about you know two years and you'll figure out a g chord and then after that oh that's how i did it so you should be you know oh uh, yeah uh, but i think you know i was a teacher and it was just kind of the right settings but it never went anywhere farther than that but i i think the the interesting thing about that is i think there's an intimidation and there's a bit of a Sure. How do I make the bridge the gap? I think there's definitely a part where you have to eventually make some kind of leap of faith or something where you're, you, you know, realizing like, hey, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to be either yeah. all in. You know, yeah. it's, I think it's hard yeah. to, I think it's not, not necessarily hard to do it on the side, but there's a lot of time and there's intimidation to how do I build it and all right. this thing. Right. Um, is that something that you experienced like originally in the egress one? And then you go, okay, this is, I can do this well, and keep going. You know, it, the funny thing is that, um, I guess just by my nature, I'm one of those people that I don't necessarily have to have a plan. I have confidence that there's always things will work out. Yeah. Um, and, and so the fact that I started a business and then actually stuck to it for probably two years based on an incident that happened when I bought that house, nobody would do ingress windows. And, yeah. Right. And I was open enough and I, I kind of explored it and I do these deep, deep dives and I do due diligence. And I'm like looking at, okay, and, and I have, so I guess this is the start of my kind of, you know, tutorial. When you're starting a business, um, keep it simple at first. I, I have this checkbox, this really simple kind of visualization that I do. And the three boxes that I check is, or that I need to be checked before I, I will go to the next step is, yeah. is it a viable business? Okay. Okay. Is there a need for the business, mm -hmm. right, in a future? And is there money? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you come up with an idea for a business, um, and it's just something that appeals to you personally, Yeah. but if you really explore it and you look at the, you know, the demand for it and you can't really establish that there's a demand or that it's very lucrative yeah. for me, if I can't, you know, definitely check those three boxes, I pass. Okay. okay? I see what you're saying. When yeah. I, when the egress window thing came along, it was so much of a niche market Yeah. that, it checked all the boxes easily. See, right? that's so interesting to me because I in, in, instantly I think without doing the research, like okay, exactly like you said, it's it's such a a, a finite, a pinpoint yep. type of thing that you're like, well, how am I? I can't just do egress windows. You know what I mean? I got to do the whole gamut. But. So so here's the thing. Here there's a couple. So so when you do your research um, for a business, you you have to be thorough. So that was one thing that doing patents taught me. You have to be thorough, mm -hmm. right? Spend the time. It, it's amazing. People will spend more time picking out a car than they will picking out a college or picking oh, out, right. you know, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it's funny where people's priorities are. But 
when it comes to starting a business, the more information you know beforehand can yeah. have a huge impact on the success or failure of your business after the fact. So I would right? think initially like market research. Is that Absolutely. Okay. Yep. He was doing egress windows. Well, yeah. And, and, and you, and I would talk to contractors and say, you do them? No. And so then. So you'd you will, actually call them up. Oh, like, absolutely. Okay, who's doing egress windows? You, you know who here? I, some of the first pers- people I called were suppliers. Oh, right? and say, who's hey, selling these parts? And, yeah, okay. who, who's who's installing? Because hmm. they know, you know, these these yeah. you know these construction these these wholesalers and um, you know the the lumber yards and stuff. They know, yeah. Yeah. and and they would say, well, so and so does them, but they don't like to do them because it's it's not. It's so much of a niche that it, it requires completely different equipment. You have okay. to have an excavator. Very, you have go. to have a concrete saw, right? Um, which is not stuff that typical it's contractors. Not standard, right? No, not at all. It, which almost makes it even. When you hear those things, does that make you even go, okay, so I'm, now this is even getting better yes. for me because now I know everyone's not going to have these yes. tools. Or, okay, okay yeah, so yeah. so that is this is a very important part of the tutorial is look for jobs that there's a bottleneck. Okay. Okay. Um, for example, medical becoming a doctor, mm-hmm. the bottleneck is med school. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. 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 Yes, they only allow you. certain people. Now, my favorite example is engineering. You don't have to apply to engineering school, but guess what the bottleneck is? Making it through engineering school. Math. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. It's okay. math. Yeah. Right. Right. It Same is math yes, because right. math is a heavy requirement for engineering, yep. and most people. Struggle. Are not yeah yeah are good right. at math. So yeah. guess what? They don't have to. You you know, haven't you ever wondered why engineering isn't a master's level degree? You know, if you look at physical therapy and all those programs that used to be bachelor level programs, they're not anymore. They're masters or even right. even okay. yeah. um, doctorate level. Yeah. Well, it's because there's not that built in bottleneck, right? Of, of right. being able to do math. So wow, and there's okay. lots of different bottlenecks. Right. It, it can be it can be knowledge, right? Yeah. Okay. It can be cost. Yep. Right. It can be some sort of uh, educational requirements. Cost could be startup costs. Yes. It could be even training costs. It yes. costs a lot to get into, yep. you know, being trained to be able to do this or hold this certificate sure. or that certificate or things well, like why that. Why can't we all run out and be a demolitions expert? Right. Okay. There's a whole lot of training yep. and time. Do you realize to become a, a journeyman plumber, I believe it's almost a 10-year I I, th- I think that's right. I think it. I think from start to journeyman is like a ten year or close to ten years. I, I think you're right because actually I had a plumber come out, came out, and he what charged me like a hundred dollars an hour just yeah. to be out there. But it was a father son shop, right? Yep. So it, the dad was a plumber that was training. Yep. I think he was a master three, yep. exactly that was able to train his three while they were still part of the business. Yeah, and that's why I think you see that a lot in that. Well, and that's the bottleneck, yeah, right? That bottleneck. that is that requirement that, yep. and, and it's not that hard to become a plumber if you want to put in the time, right? Right. right. Um, you can be an apprentice, but to be a journeyman, yep. um, and I think that's what it is, a journeyman plumber, um, it takes a lot of time and a lot of See, experience. See, that's interesting, too, another bottleneck that I just thought about. I was looking at doing um, appraisals, like yeah. housing appraisals on the yeah. side and things like that, and and the same exact bottleneck theory is the training. So you have to train underneath another qualified yep. appraiser. But in the town that I live in, 
the other appraisers were not training <laughs> well, purposely, of not training not. other yeah. appraisers, and that's the ones that they purposely selected. Well, you don't, you don't, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to saturate your own market exactly. with with exactly. people. So, yeah. um, no, there's there's a whole, you know, again, when you when you look at it, so. When, when people, when I talk to people um, about starting their own business, and I've done this a lot because not that I've done it formally, but when people know that I, you know, I, I'm what they call a serial entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. I, because I'll just start a business, build it up and sell it. And I've done that with several businesses. And to me, the business is just simply kind of a challenge, um, a, a investment mm-hmm. of sorts, you know, yeah. so it doesn't, I don't lose sleep over selling a business. That was the whole point. You right. Know? Okay. I got and you. now currently I have a lawn business and we've expanded and I actually just sold a part of that. Um, we did weed spraying and, and fertilizing and things like that. So I sold that part of the business off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't actually do much of the the work itself. I'm the, I'm the business guy of it. You mm-hmm. know, I buy the equipment, maintain it and then do the billing and things like that. And mm-hmm. I have a crew that does the lawn work. But, you know, it, it, there's a lot of different ways to structure a business. But the, the main thing is you have to decide, um, you know, is it something that you're going to do? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? You know, mm-hmm. what, you know, I, it's hard to really define because there's just thousands of different types of businesses. But, but like I said, the, the, the place where I always would start is the three check boxes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's super simple and it, but it's, it's brutally honest too. Yeah. You know, and if you, you know, the goal of every business, it, you may not be doing it to retire early or make millions, but you have to be sustainable. Yeah. Right. 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 Otherwise, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like to be negative with people, but at the same time, you, you, you know, I've always tried to get them to, to see the point that you, you got to make money. You know, oh, money right. has to be a big factor of it right. to grow your business, to keep it sustainable, to take pressure off. You know, if you're going to do right. something, you don't want to be stressed about money. Right. Um, so, you, you know, when you're looking at starting a business, really, like I said, there's nothing wrong with risk as long as it's calculated risk. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, right. So so if you have an idea for a business, just do the the, the cheapest part is the research before you buy before you buy and, anything. And it's never been, like you said, it's never been easier to do it. No. I mean, right now no. is the time where you could yep. wormhole into something and know the ins and outs of everything before you even take an initial step. Yeah. To it, include the market. I mean, you absolutely. Can do all of the research. Absolutely. And, and you see it, thousands of people have launched Facebook marketplace oh, businesses, right, right, you know, where they sell right. stuff. I mean, it, people are so crafty at, um, at, at, at finding out ways to make money and, and creating these businesses. Right. I, I, so as a builder, I would take advantage of Home Depot and Lowe's would have their clearance aisles. And they, they legitimately, when they, when they would clear something out, they just mm-hmm. get rid of it. They would sell it for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Well, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can get great bargains. Yeah. There's people that that's all they do is scour in bigger areas. They will scour like Lowe's and Home Depot type businesses and garner up those clearance yeah, items yeah. and then go right to the internet and sell them. Well, in it, it, that included, I've seen people that hit every single yard sale that there is in a town with a trailer. <laughs> they're at, they're at the yeah. time it opens, they're yep. loading up their trailer completely yep. with the total intent to turn around and sell it yep. online. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's a market there. And, <laughs> right. and, it, and yeah. you know, and, and some people, so you take this knack you have for bargain hunting, because yeah. that's not easy. 
I couldn't go to a garage sale. No, and, it stresses me out. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I, I have no <laughs> desire to do it. It stresses me well, out. Well, I don't like being the first person at the garage sale, no, and, and the people no. that are really into it are like, they, they'll, they, they, they'll be there at 6 in the morning. They, you they know? absolutely will, for sure. Yeah, no. But, but you see what I'm saying? That, that, that you know, the, kind of the bottleneck on that particular business is you got to know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right? you got to know what has value. What has value. Yep. Okay. So that yeah. becomes this knowledge that right. you have. Right. Um, but but there, there are so many reasons, you know, it, it's like um, I have a great accountant and he has always been very supportive of my businesses and he kind of chuckle, you know, and because I'm always starting something new. I yeah, mean, yeah. And, and it's not it's not this big search for it, it's not all about money. For me, it's just this challenge of. Yeah. Of getting an idea and go, you know, I think that'd be a great business. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, in yeah. starting with nothing. Um, I was telling you this last week, a young man that that I, I've known, I coached him in high school and he's, a, he's I think he's probably 26 now, 27. He's an engineer mm-hmm. and he's really bored. Yeah. And and he called me and he was talking about it. He says, God, I just, you know, I, it, it just... You're killing me, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I give him the pep talk. Well, it's a good career, you know. You're right, you're right. making good money, and right. it's it's a good. And he's just like, you know what? I I just he he's a civil engineer, and he'd be on jobs, and he'd have to supervise workers. Yeah. And he goes, I just want to get out there and work with those guys, but I can't. You know, I have to sit in my truck and I I document and things like that, and just bored him to tears. Oh yeah. yeah. And so we start talking about it, and I said, Well, have you ever thought about starting a side business? And he's like, well, no, not really. He said, well, kind of. He said, I, I kind of thought maybe I could do something with using my engineering skills. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah. then why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you just stay being an engineer? Being an engineer, then, right? Yeah, exactly. And so we talked about it more, and I said, well, you know, a business that I've seen because of my lawn business, but a kind of a side business that I think would be good is planting trees. Oh yeah, yeah. That's all you do. I've done that. Yeah, that's fun work. Well, yeah, and he's like planting trees, and I said, "Now think about it. All this construction going on, right? Yeah. And you got you got all you got roofers and sheetrockers, yeah. and you yeah. got the whole construction gamut covered. Well, as soon as all those guys finish your house and pull off, you've mm-hmm. got this bare yard. Yep. With the dirt, and there's landscapers and stuff. But the one niche that I saw in landscaping that is actually hard is planting trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said. You know, it doesn't require a lot of equipment, but some. And I think a lot of the landscapers would gladly offload some of that work because they've already sold the trees, you know, yeah. like nurseries and stuff. Yeah. They just need to get it correctly installed. Right. right. And so sure enough, he starts researching this. And, you know, we 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 meet about it a couple of times and I, I just kind of help him point it in the right direction. He, he establishes contact with multiple nurseries, multiple landscaping companies. Yeah. And guess what? They all supported the idea. You're they kidding. said, yeah. Actually, all the landscapers tried to hire him and said, right well, why don't you just come to work for us? And yeah. he says, no, I want to do this. And they all said, I think he contacted four in his area. Yeah. They all said they would use him. So they would, okay, so they would set up the entirety of the whole landscape. And then they basically, when it came to the trees, then yep. they would subcontract to him yep. to do the tree work. Just to, just to install now, the trees. Okay. So let's talk back to your, back to your <laughs> thing now, right? We put it into the thing. I think the bottleneck here is equipment because I've, I've planted trees before. And the thing that is separate that you need from landscaping is if you're going to do it right, you need yep. a way to get this massive root ball that we're, yep. can weigh what upwards of a ton, seven, 800 pounds yeah, for a big it, tree, put it into the ground, do it correctly, make sure yep. it's straight and make sure it's also watered the correct way yeah. as well. Well, and that it, yeah, the installation is with obviously with trees is huge because, yeah. um, you, you know, 
I've seen people plant trees and they actually plant them too low yes. and they drown. Yeah. And they're going, well, how can a tree drown? Well, trees, the roots have, have to, to have oxygen. Exactly right? right. So that's why a lot of times you see roots growing out of the ground. The trees keep them close to the surface mm -hmm. so they can get oxygen as well as moisture. So they have tap roots that go down further and then they right. have these like super mm -hmm. uh, official roots. So anyway, long story short, he, he is just launching this business now, but he's so excited. He's so excited because he it, it, it's going to... And actually, I, I see what's going to be the problem is he's only going to have a couple days a week to do this because he still has his full-time job. Right. The challenge is going to be balancing the full-time job. The full-time job, one. yes. Well, and who knows? Maybe he's so excited about it, yep. he's passionate about it, and it becomes the the whole thing. You know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, he told me, and I and I always warn people about becoming overzealous. But he's like, "Hey, if this works, I will quit my day job." And I'm like, "Don't do that. Don't. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yeah, yet. just yeah, see yeah, it yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Wait till the numbers are there. Yeah. You know." Um, and that's something to be said is. You know, I wasn't great in math in high school, but I've become a very much a numbers guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I realized the importance of numbers yes. and, you know, and being honest with projections. Yeah. And, and because again, nobody wants their business to fail. And if you look statistically, small businesses fail more often than not. Right. And I, you know, there's books written on this. So I'm not going to go over this, but my personal thing is um, people, people could lower or improve their odds a great deal if they just simply spent more time crunching the numbers and doing their homework beforehand. Before they're jumping into it. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, look at Etsy, Carden. Yeah. Look at the people that actually have careers now building everything from crafts, yep. uh, jewelry. Yep. They've established clientele. Yep. Um, and, and there's some other things that have changed in our world that has made... So, so back when I was doing my sports medicine stuff, you know, you needed a lot of widgets and parts, right? Yeah. It was hard to come by, you know, because even if you could track down a supplier, they didn't want to sell you 50, you know, oh, yeah. and 50, if you want to, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I still to this day have boxes of parts that I haven't thrown away that I needed a hundred. I had to get 5,000, Yeah, but yeah. they were so cheap. Yeah. You know, it actually, believe it or not, penciled out because right, right. it was either you didn't get the part or you bought more than you needed and, <laughs> right, and hoped right. you'd yeah. use them. Yeah. But nowadays, um, they, they, they've kind of established this overseas con, you know, these contacts and these connections where you can get small quantities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's just so many advantages nowadays with with starting a business, especially if it relies on um, manufacturing over anything overseas. Yeah. Of course, COVID now is 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 caused kind of a, a pinch on this whole thing. But um, but generally speaking, um, it, it's never been a better time. Well it's just know? so interesting to think of even going back to the example of the the trees. It's just you. You would not. You would not look at a new construction. Somebody's just on landscaping and go, man. I bet it was really tough to get those trees in. You know right, what I mean? Right. You wouldn't think about that as even being a possible, yeah, place for yes, for starting a, a business. See, and and so that goes back to kind of that that those rule of thumb is, you know, and it should maybe maybe the fourth box originality. You know, is oh, is yeah, because yeah. you want to find something. Ideally, that not everybody else is doing it. Right. If you're gonna if you're gonna compete in a market that there's other people's people doing it, right? right? Generally speaking, there has to be something that is gonna set your product or your service apart, apart from all right. the others, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's just say, for example, in a in a bigger city, you're gonna start selling cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you remember when cupcakes were kind of the rage? You, you'd yeah. see these cupcakes. Well, there's gotta be, you know, if you get say 
in your area, there's right. five companies, five bakeries pushing cupcakes. Yeah. You got to have something pretty. All of a sudden, yours always has something in the middle, right? The, you're the cupcake that's always filled, or you're, or you're doing only the cupcake tops or something like yeah, that. Something I'm spike, that yeah, you, you, you got to start spiking it with some 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 marijuana yeah, or something. Exactly, you know, you got exactly. to do something. It's got to be totally yeah. different. Yeah. I don't know what it is about his, his uh, cupcakes, but man, I just eat awesome. like 50 of them. And I just keep going back. <laughs> I keep going back. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, and I'm not saying... Don't compete, but I, but but you gotta you know again, it makes it a lot harder. You know when you right. get into it, when you get into a a market with a lot of competitors. Again, I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying that it makes it harder. It makes it tougher to survive. But in reality, the tax incentives are out there in order to you know you're generating wealth, you're stimulating the yes. economy, and that's yep. why they give you those tax benefits is, is in order to do that because you're you're stimulating the economy. You're doing so well, much. Well, yeah, extra. they 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 want people to succeed. You right. know, and and you know we've all heard because of what happened in the you know with with Donald Trump when his taxes became a big issue, and it's right. not just him. It's there's there's multiple billionaires that pay little to no taxes, zero. or and like you said, they don't want to make any money. They have paper. zero money. Yeah, right. on paper they make nothing. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Right. And, and and that's an extreme example when you're making billions and paying. But but basically, what I'm saying is when when people start a small business or looking at it, there's other perks to it. You know, right. there's other advantages to it. Um, that you know, again, just just get a, a you know an accountant to kind of walk you through that because I did that. Early on, early matter of fact, with my one of my first businesses, it was called Custom Cartoons and Graphics, and I specifically remember my wife and I sat down with the accountant, and they they kind of walked me through the the different ways of of running a business mm-hmm. with you know financially. Yeah, yeah. And generally, you know, there's two ways to run a business. One is that you take all the write offs you can, and you're going to look poor on paper. Yeah. And the other one is you basically claim everything you can do. You you claim all the money you make, and you're going to try to look the best you can on paper. Right. You know? Um, and there's advantage and disadvantages to each way. I, I'm a spender. Yeah. I, I mean, when I get money coming in, you know, as long as my needs are met, then I always try to reinvest my money right, into right, right. that business or another because business. Because that's a, that's a write-off, right? Yes. So you're reducing the amount of income that you have, which eventually yep. makes you pay less in taxes. I mean, it's a yeah, thing, right? Yeah, and, and you know, like they say, eventually it comes full circle. You can only get so much equipment. Right. You can only, and right. eventually you're right. going to pay. But I always felt it was a better use of the money to put it back into the business to put it to work. Yes, you know? right, right. And, and that kind of goes into, you know, when we're talking about the kind of the ABCs, of, of starting a business is, you know, you, you, you really need to learn to manage money properly and learn spending and budgets. Yeah. You know, that budgets is a, do you budget personally? Well, we do. So Jenna, Jenna runs the budget in the house and okay. I, I look at it. Are yes. you a good, let you admit, are you, yes or no, are you a good budgeter? Uh, I have the skills that would make me a good budgeter. But here's the thing, I don't spend money. Right. So I okay. don't, I mean, right. I'm, I'm not a good budgeter, but I have... I have an app on my phone that tells me every time there's a credit card payment. You okay. know, I'm checking my Good. bank account Good. every single day. So I'm I'm not and you check your credit. At, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm not doing it on paper every day like I should be. I know that, but I'm always pretty well, much aware I, yeah, of what's Yeah, I don't know every you know day. What I mean? Yeah. I, I just know like I said and and you know, I'm a good example of a, a convert because I was not a good budget guy. Yeah. And and I just learned um you know, in some cases the hard way. The the you know, advantages to 
knowing your budget and 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 sticking with a budget, and right? especially when right. you're starting a business. Because if you have some initial success, it's easy to go, oh my gosh, you know, look at all this money we I have. Do and this. Just, yeah. yeah, right, right. And right. you go, maybe spend it how you shouldn't spend it. Yeah, yeah. And then if the business slows down or something breaks, I mean, it, it's just it's good to to follow prudent financial. And then if the business keeps growing, you know, then tackle that. But when you're starting out, it's really imperative that you keep capital on hand to keep the business going. Well, because you never know. It's just like in, in regular life too, right? Mm-hmm. You always got to make sure to have something in your back pocket because you never, you never, you know, you could be driving and, and a deer comes out. You, and right. Same thing when you're working, you know what I mean? You could see, especially right. with egress stuff, if a concrete saw goes down, you're done, right? Yeah, exactly. So you've got to be able to, to get blades or right. have that money for equipment because if any of that stuff happens, then there's, there is no business. That, that's an excellent point. And, and that, that brings up the, the, the kind of the Achilles heel complex where when you have a business that relies on a particular thing, mm-hmm. and maybe it's you, maybe you're the particular thing or mm-hmm. a, a piece of a, a crucial piece of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a baker, it's your oven, that kind of thing. Right. You know, you have to make sure that that no matter what, you're covered if yeah. that thing, you know, right. you, you got a backup plan. You got to insure plan. it. Yep. You got to insure it. Yeah. Well, insure it and then also have a backup plan. If that thing goes down, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, it's not complicated. It's just you, you need to spend some time thinking about this. And again, you, this all just kind of tries to hedge for success with your business, you yeah. know? Um, and, and, I, I guess I always feel that when people start out a business, the the goal is not to make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's they have an idea for a business, and maybe it's something that that is near and dear to them, or maybe it's a strictly a financial thing. But but the things that we're talking about, it, it's just it will help ensure the success of the business in the short term and right. thus the long term. Right. And I think even, um, like you said, the, why, why people would go into business just working for themselves too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's got to be a big draw to be able to be your own boss. And especially for me coming from yep. like basically a corporate scenario, not only do I work for a boss, I work for a boss who has a boss who has a boss right. who has a boss who has a boss, <laughs> right? Yeah, multi-layers. So, multi yeah, exactly. So just the the thought of being able to do something completely independently where yeah. when I make a decision, it is a decision, I think is really appealing to people as well. I think it's just it's, it's a really cool thing. Well, it is the the freedom. You know, when I used to work for the, the last official punch, you know, day or punch the clock job was when I was the director of sports medicine at a hospital. It was a good job, but I, at the time, I just, I knew where the future was going and it just, yeah. I didn't want it. And once I got kind of that first taste of true entrepreneurship, it was all over. I just realized this is what I want to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm not putting down because there was a lot of times where when I was struggling to get a new business going or something like that, the thought of a regular paycheck and that security yes. really appealed to me. Yep. And, and I always... And, you know, there, there's definitely, like I said, there's risk involved, but if it's calculated risk, right. it, it lowers that, you know, the overall risk. And, and like I tell people, um, if you've failed to take something into consideration, if you do everything right, if your business fails, it's not going to completely and utterly fail. Yeah. It probably just won't do as well as you thought it would. You're not going to lose everything. You right. know? I mean, if you do it, right. if you do it right, if you, if you, if you really kind of progressively do this, you know, business launch, 
um, you know, without really sticking your neck out. If it doesn't go well, you're not you're not going to lose everything, you right? Know? Yeah, and and right. if you're at that point where you're gambling everything, I would say I I would not it's do time. that. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah I, I right. wouldn't do that. Right. Um, but the biggest thing is that I just want to encourage people to if they if they have an inkling, if they have a thought, just pursue it. I mean. It just it, it it like I said, it's never been easier. Mm-hmm. There is you you cannot even define the ways that people have found to make money right now. Right. And with COVID, I think it, it's even opened the doors even more. Yeah. I, you know, I like to I like to stock trade and stuff like that. I've met so many people that are now full time day traders. That's what they do now. Now I I would. <laughs> I'm not advocating day trading. Right, I'm just right, saying, right. for as, example, as as a business owner, yeah, or I think ninety percent right. of day traders don't make money. So it, yeah. yeah, no, I'm just saying they were forced into a position, or these people thought, you know, I'm I'm laid off. COVID yeah. has shut down my work. I got to find money, right? And and they look for all. You know, alternative sources right. of income. I'm sure Etsy took a big spike, and oh, right. you know, the creative where people are going, God, what can I do for my home when right. I'm locked up with the pandemic? Um, and all, I, you know, without evidence, I would say it probably launched thousands of businesses. Yeah, I bet know? so too. And especially you said like it's never been easier. The first step doesn't have; to, it's not intimidating. The first step is research. You know what I mean? It, and, right. And, that, and yep. then you can just do the deep dive, and and and, the, and that is a, a the first step to get you excited, but also yep. for you to know the whole parameters of. Yep. Literally, you can know everything. About well, right, and, and then there there comes the day when you got to write a check, right? You know, and, and so one other thing I want to touch on is financing. Um, money is by far the hardest thing, and if people say, "Geez, you know, I don't have the money," um, you know, banks are are kind of funny, and I'm uh, honestly, in full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of banks mm-hmm. because I I see that a lot of times they work in favorable conditions for themselves and they're not always very friendly to you know to people wanting to start a new business and there's there's reasons for that one is the failure rate for a lot of businesses is very high yeah um but <clears throat> kind of the old saying when you need money there's nobody to to give right. it to you but when you don't need money there's all sorts of people wanting to loan you yeah so you know credit cards um do serve a purpose yeah you know um again i you know you gotta you gotta Look at who you are and how it gives you know. me anxiety just thinking about it. I know, that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. it does, it does. Yeah. And, and I, hey, when you when you stick your neck out and financially, you know, and buy something on a credit card or a start a business with a credit card, it is, it is scary. Yeah. It, but entrepreneurship is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, it's just another, a credit card is another tool in the toolbox. If, if banks won't do conventional lending, um, that is an option. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, I'm I'm not advocating getting in credit card debt that's uncontrollable. But right. if you've done your homework and you feel you feel convinced and you feel secure about your and you're taking kind of baby steps to where you're not you know you're not talking fifty thousand on a credit card or something. Yeah. Um. Just see how it goes. You know, and and just see, just kind of walk into it. Um. But but honestly, there's some situations, Cardin, where it's you got to jump in. Yeah, you, know? you just got to kind of do it. You do your due diligence, and you're at that point. You're at that precipice where you either you're either in or out. It's it's funny because I have no desire to be an entrepreneur <laughs> at all. But having this conversation makes me go, okay, all right. Which I think is a perfect lead in for a good monkey moment. That a we good have here. monkey moment. And it's been so long since you've introduced it. I think it's, it would be only <laughs> it would be only right. Well, that's not true because with our last guest, Scarlett, you remember uh, I did. She asked for. Oh, a, you did. So yeah. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, right. do it. Okay, go here we go. It. I'm ready. 
<laughs> yeah, that's See? a great monkey. Okay. That's Thank a really you. good Thank monkey. You. Better than the attempts that I had. I, I was doing them quite a bit there for the beginning, I remember. Let, do, do, it just a, do one. Come on, humor me. see if I'm better. <clears throat> <laughs> Come on. I wish it started then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, in my head, in my head, when I'm about to start, that is not at all how that is going to sound. And then it just sounds like that. It's just, yeah, it is. Yeah, unique. that's not at that's all. The, the that's a monkey. It's a gibbon. A it's a waxing gibbon, <laughs> but know. it's a gibbon. I just picture like a big old orangutan or yeah, something. Yeah, that's, exactly, big old that's exactly what you get. All right, all here right, it is. What okay. you got? Okay, what you got? next business. If you were to right now, um, money wasn't a, a thing, right? It was just okay. You are you are now mm. launching. Here you go. Here's your business. What's your next one that you're doing? And I can go first because I actually thought of a couple. Good. Okay. I, I want. Uh, yeah. I want you to go first. Okay. I've got two actually. Okay. The first one is there is no. You know, I'm a runner. Yep. Right. I'm doing yep. a half marathon next week and run all the time. I just enjoy the heck out of it. Right. There is no um, specific running store in Helena, Montana. They have great ones in, in Bozeman. They have great ones in Missoula, um, Bozeman Running Company, amongst some other ones, Missoula Running Company, and they have other. There is nothing that you can find excellent trail running shoes or just great even spikes for track mm-hmm. or any running shoes. Um, you can buy some here and there, but you, there is not a plethora of them anywhere. I want to do a running store. I think it would be awesome. Okay. That's my one. Okay. I can already tell by your face you're going, oh, nope, that's a terrible idea. Is there a need for it? Yeah, people run. Yeah. And walk. Okay, let's not dissect that no, one. No, Let me jump to the next one. You okay. go. Here's go. the next one. All right. right. All right. Somebody, uh, a come to your house IT guy. So, like Geek Squad. Geek Squad. Okay. But, you know, independently, you just you just come in. And people were even saying things like, uh, my printer's not working, or I can't hook up my iPad to my printer, or mm-hmm. I can't get back into my computer, so on and so forth. And you show up, tippy-tap, tippy-tap, here's right. what's going on, you try to fix their stuff. Right. And I'm the reason I even think that is because I'm already doing it for my grandma-in-law, <laughs> basically. I'm over there <laughs> once a week trying to figure out how she was able to and lock how, herself up. And how out. much do you charge her? Just like a, a slice <laughs> of coffee cake. Uh, so, so you're going to, you're going to do your business with coffee cake. Yeah, that's exactly right. Get paid in coffee cake, which I'm fine with. I'm sure I've got to research the market, but think about that. Somebody that comes, especially for older people to be able to come to their house and see exactly what they're doing with all of their IT equipment and, and try to figure it all well, out. I, no, I think it's, you know, like I said, the geek squad, that's, that's basically what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's... <laughs> Those okay, are, I've okay. got to research it. Okay, I know yeah. step one. It, it, here, here's the first one that you know, and, and okay, so so I I've definitely met with a lot of people about business ideas and mostly with inventing because because when I you know um, when people found out that I'd written patents and invented stuff, I had a lot of people uh, not so much here anymore because nobody really knows that I used to do that stuff. But um, they would they would call and they would kind of have me they would consult with me about ideas and stuff. And I, and I, I have to say this about um, patents also. Um, patents are not all they're cracked up to be. So really look into, if, if you get an idea for a patent, mm-hmm. really look into it and research it and make sure it's worth the time and the money to go through to patent. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of cases, a patent would not be required. 
Mm. In other words, it's not that competitive. You know, people are funny. They get an idea and they, the first thing they think is everybody's out to, to rip them off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, patents cost thousands of dollars. It takes, it takes up to three years to get, you know, the, the claims um, all filed with the government, the USPTO. Yeah. Um, so I'm just saying I'm, I'm not... I'm not saying they're a terrible idea. I'm saying that, you know, if you get an idea for a product, it may be better just to get the product out there and launch it and start making it and as opposed and to do the whole patent. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but so here's the thing with the running store. The the reason there isn't more of those is online competition. Oh, right, right. It, it's, yeah. And shoes are a particularly very hard because... A, every year they're new styles. Brand new, yeah. And think of all the sizes you have to have every, yeah. Just inventory in general. Yeah. And that's why um, a lot of places, uh, especially shoe places, have struggled because Zappos has thousands and thousands of, and they warehouse it and people don't go to their store. They just have warehouses. You fill it out online and they send it out. Yeah, right. When you have to personally order and pay for all those shoes that are sitting on your shelf and somebody walks in and goes, yeah, do you have a seven and a half? You go, no, I got a seven and an eight. And they go, I'm sorry. You know, it's just the nature of that. It's just a tough business because of the online competition. You as a small store will have no leverage over Amazon or Walmart. You know what I'm saying? And and again, but we're we're local. I know we're grassroots. And and, and sometimes that works, Carden. And sometimes people go, yeah, but I'd rather save the money. Or yeah, that's fair. I would rather have the selection. Well, my whole thing is that you don't get a, you don't have the ability to try your any shoes on. I know. You know what I mean. But, so you're, but that's you're why Zappos does the free. Yeah, exactly. And, and when they did that, and but I still what a have, hassle. Why don't you just come on into us? Like, yeah. run, come on. We're so. You know what I mean. We're local. We're right around the corner. Yep. You know. I know. Yeah, Restaurants uh, again have a high attrition rate because. Uh, of the time and the work is required. Oh, I can't you even know? imagine. Yeah. You have to live and die there. I yep. mean, really, you do. I, I couldn't do it. My my thing is, if somebody just said, um, so I guess my part of the question is, yes, number one, yeah. service work. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to find something that's Amazon proof or Walmart proof. Okay. okay. So it's got to be hands-on. Okay, yep. gotcha. And, okay, that and makes sense. nobody's going to, you're not going to order your lawn mode from Amazon. Got, not okay. yet. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think of more mundane service oriented okay, businesses. Okay, IT, IT. There yes, you go. Okay. Yeah, the go. IT. The only thing with the IT is um, exposure and getting people to use it on a large scale to where you can keep somebody busy full time. Oh, know? gotcha. Yeah. Um, I know a communications company that that looked at doing exactly what you're doing and when they when the numbers were in they said it wasn't sustainable. Oh, you just couldn't get enough people. I think in a help. bigger place you could, Carden. I think yeah. in a bigger metropolitan place you could, but the company that I know of is more rural based, yeah. and they just said that you know they wouldn't get enough people. Gotcha. Um, okay, if I was to to start a business now, like I said, it would be definitely a service based business. Um, I actually, I, I think what I when I say follow your skill set, what I'm naturally the best at probably is product development, is mm-hmm. inventing. Yeah, I would expand. You know, probably you know, just add to my shop and expand my capabilities. You know, I, I've got some CNC, you know, stuff that I that I, like for metal cutting things like that. Um, but the tools are a big part of that. You know, you you so many different tools do different things. But yeah. um, I would probably expand that cool. because I, I feel like you know, a product development is probably what's really in my blood. Um, and the cool thing about that is you just never know where the inspiration is going to come from. Right. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I've I've invented. 
uh, fencing products for, you know, because we do a lot of fencing here and products to make fencing easier for people. The problem is I haven't really uh, bit the hook and commercially launched them. I just use them here. Yeah. Um, because it's a whole nother thing to take a product, you know, out <laughs> right, and manufacture right. it and sell it and yes. deal with that. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think if I was going to do something, it'd probably be more R and D related. That would be cool. And yeah. let somebody else worry about the marketing and the manufacturing. Right, and stuff right. Like you just that. get to come up with the cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fun. board game that would be fun. I, you've talked about that before. I, well, I, I yeah. invented one. Yeah. Castle Quest. But again, I just you know it was kind of a it was actually for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through the full ding and I got it to where actually it could be. And I I did inquire with a couple of game manufacturers. Um, just a couple, and they weren't really interested. They, you know, they just said, "Oh, we don't, we're not looking for a castle, you know, game at this time. Medieval is not very popular." Or oh yeah. But I just yeah. did a couple and quit. You know, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I wasn't that serious about it." But, right. But I always thought that would be fun. castle quest, like we'll a lawn, a lawn game. Now that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like cornhole and and you know. Oh, I thought you meant a game that was like a board game, but it was like lawn based. <laughs> <laughs> The landscape game. Yeah, the landscape game. <laughs> oh, man, I got to trim my bush again. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, I just hope people, the, the message I want to get across is, I, like I said, I think everybody should at least try to have a business, and it, it can be small, super small, guitar lessons like what you've done. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like I do drums. I played in a band. Just what it doesn't matter. Just do something you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. and that you, like I said, I, I'm a huge believer in the skill set thing. You right. Know, everybody yeah. has got talent and skills and somewhere. So. Yeah. Follow your skills. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, okay. Well, that's that's the hour. That's the monkey moment. Episode 29 coming to a close. Buddy. In the books. Yeah. And then in we got person. next week. We'll do uh, um, storm chasers. Yeah. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. It'll be great. I, I really, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious just, just to, you know, kind of find out. I, I'd be really interested to talk with her just to yeah. what kind of person goes around chasing tornadoes. Exactly. Yeah, I Okay, buddy. Well, uh, I, I guess we'll call it a close, and uh, we can say it in person. Good night, Clark. Good night, Clark.